A miracle to me is something that was not supposed to happen. It's uncommon, not regular. It's not the norm. And so to me, a miracle is little things. It's, it was not supposed to rain in South Texas because of the drought and then the rain came. Or the miracle is you were sick with COVID and it was supposed to last 10 days and lasted four days. So I think that God does more miracles than we give him credit for, but you have to have the miracle mentality to realize it. I find miracles, little things in life. Yeah. Butterflies going by me. Mm. I, I enjoy the little miracles. Hey everybody, John Chisholm here. Welcome to the All the Best podcast. It's my own special blend of motivation and devotion designed to help you find all the best in life. I just believe there's always a way to make your life better. I want to help you get there. Nothing's going to be off limits in this show. We're going to talk to amazing people from all kinds of backgrounds, beliefs, and points of view. We're going to be bringing you insights, advice, and inspiration to guide you into the coolest chapters of your life and maybe help you actually enjoy your time here on planet earth so buckle up kids this is gonna be fun hey everybody and welcome to all the best i love doing this show because I get to bring you some amazing people who I know will help bring all the best to your life again. Well, today is no different, and my guest is Tim Story. Tim is an amazing author, speaker, entrepreneur, and he's the man that USA Today called the pastor to the stars. Tim has coached top athletes and business executives from Lee Iacocca and Quincy Jones, all the way to Deion Sanders and even Dog the Bounty Hunter. I first caught Tim on an Oprah Winfrey Super Soul Sunday special and I've recently read his book, The Miracle Mentality, three times. I get something different and even deeper out of it each time I read it. You know, one of the many things that I loved in the book was when Tim wrote, we have the power to push ourselves out of our mundane existence and to escape the messy and madness to get to a place where we're immersed in magical moments. And when we do so, we've stepped into the miracle mentality. Tim believes that we all possess the miracle mentality, but it's been suppressed until we just don't know how to activate it to live into all the best in our lives. So I wanna invite you to take a few minutes to awaken and reclaim your miracle mentality with author, teacher, pastor to the stars, and my new best friend, Tim Story. All right, Pastor Tim Story, welcome to All the Best. Good to see you, John. It's so good to have you, bro. I, I always do a lot of research on my guests, and I was just fascinated when I came across you. You know, our emphasis here on the show is really kind of exploring the intersections of faith and spirituality, motivation, health and wellness. And you're kind of all over the place in all that. And I didn't discover you first as a pastor or a gospel, you know, teacher. And you were kind of showing up in the motivational spaces, Oprah, Ed Milet, all on and on and on and on. And then I just was really, you know, just drawn in. You have a church and you, you said deep guys. So thanks for, for taking a few minutes to be with us. And 
wanted to just dig into your newest book, The Miracle Mentality, and just talk about, you know, whatever God's got on your heart today. It's a privilege. And I love that our backgrounds, we both understand each other, being raised in the charismatic movement. But I, I started in the church since I was four as a kid. We were lower income and my mother took us to church. That's where people should go. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I believed all the stories they told me. Like when they told me about David and Goliath, I bought in and Noah had a bunch of animals I bought in and I'm still buying in and I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you're certainly doing that. And in the newest book, Miracle Mentality, you, you say that everybody has this innate miracle mentality that's kind of been suppressed. How can we begin to reclaim that? On the biblical side, if you go to Genesis 1, the whole idea, as you know, is we're made in his image and in his likeness. So obviously God is a God of miracles and God has a miracle mentality and he created his children with a miracle mentality. So I think that when you, when you are born, that you come out with this belief of you can, like you take any little kid into a toy store, they think you can buy them anything that's in the yeah, store. Right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> that's why they have the reaction when you don't. So, so really maybe you didn't buy them that bicycle or something else they wanted because you couldn't afford it. But in their mind, that's not what they think because they have a miracle mentality. Yeah. So I think that the fact that we don't have a miracle mentality, that that's actually learned behavior. Mm. But I think that we could have a growth mindset and we can begin to strengthen that miracle mentality where we start to utilize it and more miracles happen in our lives. You know, one of the things that I've been fascinated with, and I think you address this throughout the book, is where is that intersection of what God does and what we do, right? I mean, we pray and pray and pray for a miracle, and yet, you know, is God up there sometimes saying, hey, I've kind of done what I'm going to do, and now it's up to you to do something? Yeah, I think, I think you know, God is a father. And he does three things. He guides you, he guards you, and he governs you. So the, the guiding is the direction, guarding is protection. The governing is what we're talking about, John. So any good parent doesn't want to enable their children forever. So if your child is 41 and living on your couch, you know, the old time. Now, if he just went through a divorce, let him stay there for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 14 days, you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. If you've been there the whole time, then you're probably enabling the kid. <laughs> so I think that God is not an enabler, but he is a protector and he is one that wants to disciple us and mentor us so we can go forth and begin to release miracles. So I think miracles are in us. And I believe that he's given us the ability to release miracles. And we release them by moving into the miracle mentality, which, as you wrote, is a state of mind, you know, the, the, a strategy, the rules of living that set the conditions. If we're going to lay on the couch and eat Cheetos, that's yeah. not necessarily setting us up for miracles, but you're exactly out. right. So I think it's, you're right, it's a mindset. When you start to get into Psalms 1, you know, blessed is the person 
does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And then it goes on to say that you walk in God's law and his word and everything you do shall prosper. That's a mindset. Okay. Romans chapter 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's a mindset, as you know. Mm. And so it's the mindset for miracles, but also it's the spirit set. So if your mind is set and your spirit is set, you're in alignment with a miracle working God. The key there is to be in alignment. Mm. And when we're out of alignment, you know, one of the things that you talked about is pain really as a path to an uncommon kind of life. And that uncommon life requires an un uncommon focus and uncommon faith. Yes. And I know that you've walked in that. I mean, that's, that's a big part of your story. You know, do you want to unpack yeah. a little bit of that? Just an uncommon life? Well, I, I that think that, I think that this uncommon life is common means regular, normal, standard. I don't want to be regular, anything. Normal, please don't give me normal and don't give me standard. Mm. So when I was in football as a kid and I was 11 years of age playing football, all the kids wore black cleats. But there had been a guy who played in the NFL years before me, you know, that I knew of named Joe Namath. And he had white cleats. He had famously white cleats. And I was a quarterback. So I came to the coach. I said, coach, you know, I don't like to be regular. Can I get white cleats? He says, Timmy's story. Everyone's getting black cleats, but get your white cleats. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, man, those defenses wanted to knock me to smithereens. And they, I remember one guy finally got me, he tackled me hard and said, come on, white cleats. You shouldn't have wore the white cleats. I thought, <laughs> no, really? I should wear the white cleats. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch. You watch. Yeah. Kick oh, I wear white cleats. So to be uncommon is to wear white cleats. So to be uncommon is not to be regular, normal, or status quo, but to step into who God has created you to be, and that is extra. God has created you to be extra, extraordinary, extra, supernatural, extra, more than enough, extra, the head and not the tail, extra. Wow. Mm. And I know that you do a lot of work, you know, with people who are struggling in their lives, addiction, whether they're in your church or just listening to you, reading your book and programs that you're offering. But and, and I, I feel just so sensitive to people who think, wow, that is just so high and lofty, you know, miracle mentality. What's that? I'm stuck here. I'm I'm yeah. broke, I'm whatever, you know, what, what do you think is that first step that, where do you get that first spark? One thing you said that I loved was that there are times when you need to call on supernatural, extraordinary powers to overcome yeah. addiction or career disaster or serious health, serious health problems. How do you do that? If you're just so far down in the mud, you know, you can't even see up. Yeah. So John, it being in the recovery space, I do a lot, as you said, in addiction, alcohol addiction, drug addiction. And also I'm very strong in the mental health world, but worldwide, I just did a symposium at the famous South by Southwest with some big leaders that I was the host. Um, so I'm deep into that. And I will say this, that 
It was a period of time of three years that 11 people that I was working with killed themselves. Hmm. Not one, not two, not three. It was 11. Hmm. Well, you said, well, how big was your group? My group was thousands because I worked with thousands of people. Out of the thousands of people that I worked with, we figured out that over a three-year period that we lost 11 of them to either drug overdose or to, they actually took them live by suicide. Man, I mean, does that break my heart? So to me, with this book, Miracle Mentality, it's not about going from zero to 10. It's about going from zero to one, mm. and then one and two, and then two to three. So if you're sitting at a three, I'm okay with you. You know, let's just pay attention, take inventory to why you're there. How'd you get there? Do you want to get out? And then you got to partner with the right people. And that's me and John. So if you're watching the day, you're struggling in recovery, you got John and I to listen to, and we're on your side. Mm. So just go from a three to a four. And don't shame yourself if you go back to a one. Just get better every day. That's how I look at life. I think that's brilliant because it's so easy, like I said, to to look at someone, you know, people like us who have a, a modicum of success in life and 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 to say I could never attain to that, I could never get out of my situation. And it's and it's to hold up a standard of the magical, you know, I love your hearing your heart. Like, yeah, let's not worry about getting all the way to magical. Let's just deal with the mundane, you know, or maybe we find ourselves in the messy. Or maybe in the mad with addiction or just total disruption going on in our lives. So to think that your book and these principles and just, I think even just like a, a knock on the door, you know, like, hey, are you in there? You know, life can be different, you know, for you. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying. And thanks for reading my book because you, you know it well. And many people catch themselves, as you're saying, John, in the Monday, that's like the regular boring life. You find yourself in the messy, which is the disheveled, disheveled in your mind, messy in habits. But then you think messy is bad. It'll escalate to math. The madness is the chaos. And during the pandemic, that's where a lot of people started to reside is in the madness. Mm -hmm. I think you could still make room for the miracle mentality. Oh yeah. It's like having a messy desk. You got to clear the clutter and make room for the miracle mentality. That's what I teach you this book. Well, I, I didn't just read your book, dude. I've, I'm an audible freak and I've, I've had you like talking in my ears for the last few weeks. I've been through your book twice. I need to go back and catch up on the other two, but you know, you, you've been influencing me, dude. And I know millions of other people, but I got to you because I had a major disruption in my life seven years ago when I had been in ministry for a lot of years and it suddenly all ended and I found myself where there were the, the tectonic plates of the world had shifted for oh, yeah. me and I'm like, okay, God, what, you know, what's, what's up with this and found myself in a, in a real, just a real dark, apathetic place and slowly rebuilt and discovered so many amazing people that were speaking. Maybe not, I mean, I believe it's biblical truth because I believe anything that's good and true and brings life to us yeah. is biblical in that sense. But 
a lot of authors and speakers that I'd never really been open to because I thought, you know, I don't need those people. They're secular, they're mainstream, you know, maybe they're just all in it for the money. Yeah. And so now, you know, people have deeply impacted me, you know, Tony Robbins and Joe Dispenza, Ed Milet, Mel yeah. Robbins, all kinds of great people, you know, that they've, it's, it's really changed me. And what I found out, dude, to make a long story really short, is that I found out that I really had a victim mindset and that I was really lost in uh, the shame of my mistakes, self-pity. And I was walking around my neighborhood, people that listen to the show know this story, but about seven years ago, long before I built a company and podcast and stuff, yeah. I, was, I was walking around my neighborhood and, and I mean, God spoke to me louder than words. And he said, you're not even being a good human right now. And it just woke me up and started me on the path that has gotten me to creating this show to try to motivate people and uh, bring that spark of life to them and to meet you. So I, I, I love that. I just love. No, but I love, I love what you're saying. Number one, thanks for your honesty. And I call what all of us have been through that you're describing, John, a life interruption. Mm -hmm. A life interruption could be you find out your wife has cancer, you find out your kid has a drug problem. You find out that you are not the person you thought you were and you make really dumb choices. So that's a life interruption. So what do you do about it? Number one, you become awake. Number two, you take inventory. Number three, you got a partner with the right people. So I like, I like the fact that you went outside of what you always knew. That's called a growth mindset. And so that's where I really started to grow. I started getting discipled by the likes of the Leah and Copas and started having great breakfast with the Del Sassoon and hanging out with Quincy Jones. It wasn't just my buddies or Roberts, Morris Rollo. I started to stretch my boundaries and it stretched my life. So I like to learn from a lot of places, but my foundation is still God, faith, Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm down with that for sure. And after 40 years of doing ministry and charismatic world and all that, it's, it's a different kind of space to be. And that's why you're a fascinating cat for me because you've, you, you move in and out of a lot of different spaces. So I, I know it's been a minute ago, but I was listening to watching you and Ed Milet, who's a favorite and man, you guys got to prophesying to one another. I don't know if you remember that it was 2018. I, I remember it well. No, but Ed and I are great friends. We talk all the time. We do a lot of conferences together. He brought me to one of his conferences. There was only 34,000 people at that conference. Only, yeah, only. Yeah, but Ed and I are very, very close and we were prophesying to each other. We're both spirit-filled Christians. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a privilege. There's a, there's a lot of guys out there like, like us. You got Eric Thomas, he's doing great. I just did Grant Cardone's conference and he had President Trump, Tim Story, and T.D. Jakes. Jeez. So it's like a, it's a different day. And that was yeah. for a secular conference that is filled with a lot of people who want to talk about, you know, getting better in the area of finances. So it's a, it's a different day. Different day. Yeah, it really is, man. Well, I, one of the things I loved about that episode was that you were talking about that God's favor is on your person, your path, and your efforts. And, you know, not, yeah. to beat, not to beat that drum again, but that has really been a theme for me is like, God, what are you expecting of me? You know, and I think maybe that's 
coming out of that victim mentality. Oh, but John, I think that it's important that you tell your, your viewers and your listeners your heart as you are, because I think, again, people see people as successful like you, and they don't understand that you two are going through recovery and discovery at the same time. Mm. So every one of us is watching, right? You are going through recovery of something. If it's not physical, it's mental. If it's not mental, it's your family. It's not family, it's your finance. It's not your finance, it's your job. If it's not your job, it's your social life. I just went through seven years. We're all going through recovery of something. And if you're not careful, you'll stay in the recovery zone and never hit the discovery zone. Mm. Kids are all about discovery. Old people over 30 are all about recovery. <laughs> yeah, right. From you got recovery and discovery. Yes. Yeah. And, and isn't that the trap of sometimes I know there are fantastic therapists out there, but you know, the old model maybe was you get in therapy for the rest of your life because you're just examining the garbage over and over instead of getting into that discovery and and choosing to yeah. walk a new path. You know, God guides our steps. And when we get up, when we finally get up off our blessed assurance and start moving, yeah. he's got something, you know, to guide. And another thing that you said, bro, I keep throwing your words back at you because they're so important to me. I love them. But you said the ideal state to bring about activation of this uh, magic in our lives is a confluence of talent, opportunity, and desire. You need all three to step yeah. into the magical, you know, what do you, what do you do if you don't feel like you've got all three? I mean, is there hope yeah. for, for those who say, well, gee, you know, God, oh, yeah, but this much talent. Yeah. When you, when you don't feel too good, you don't feel too talented and you don't really have that much desire. And I think that that's where friendship is so important, hmm. but you need a friend that drags you somewhere and allows you to see something that maybe you've never seen before that stirs up your desire. Mm. It takes you, takes you to a country you've never been to or a city you've never been to so you can shift your satellite dish. Mm. There's a lot of you watching right now. You just need to shift your satellite dish. And when you shift it, you'll start seeing things. It'll stir up your desires. I promise you, I got this down because we went from seven people in a two-bedroom apartment in Compton, California. But we needed to shift our satellite dish. And that's why my mother took us to church. It was a, a church full of white people. We were the only chocolate family in the whole church. Okay. And so it shifted our satellite dish. It was different. It was a little bit uncomfortable because everybody did not look like us, but it literally helped change our life. Not just with the minister spoke, but how the people treated us, which was with a lot of respect. Mm. That's amazing. And yet, you know, that, that, that's awesome. I think probably so many of us have just been debilitated by fear and need to just uh, somehow grab a friend, figure out, listen to your material, let that spark of, of God's life come alive in us again. Tell us about your course that you were showing me before we started taping. Tell me the, the, the miracle mentality course. Is that what it's called? It is, John. Right on to you. Miracle coaching program outline. I knew I'd get it right in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so watch how cool this is. Until what? Says all that. Look at this. And then you get all the notes. So what I've done is that there's only one of me. And so I, 
I life coach. I'm an executive coach for a, a big AI company. And then I'm life coach entertainer still. NFL players, NBA players, baseball players. A lot of my life is that. And political leaders and figures, et cetera, actors. But I decided to raise up what we call miracle coaches. And they go through my training, which is amazing training, great teaching. I mentor them and then I release. So we have a life coaching open to people that's more affordable. And uh, I'll just tell you real quick, it's $400 a month and you have four sessions, one, two, three, four. Each session you get homework and we work on the seven areas of your life, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, the family, job, et cetera, mm. et cetera. It is phenomenal. So we made it very affordable. And our goal is to have a thousand people signed up as people that want to step into miracle coaching. So mm -hmm. we did an ad for this and we have a waiting list of 2,300 people. Amazing. They're excited. So now I got to raise up to coach. So I'm raising up to coach. So if you're interested in miracle coaching, John will put all the information right there, but it'll help your life. Or if you're interested yeah. in being a miracle coach, reach out to us as well. Yeah. What's your definition of a miracle? A miracle to me is something that was not supposed to happen. It's, it's uncommon, not regular. It's not the norm. And so to me, a miracle is little things. It's, it was not supposed to rain in South Texas because of the drought and then the rain came. Or the miracle is you were sick with COVID and it was supposed to last 10 days and lasted four days. So I think that God does more miracles than we give him credit for, but you have to have the miracle mentality to realize it. I find miracles, little things in life. Yeah. Like butterflies going by me. Mm. I, I enjoy the little miracles. Mm. That's awesome. Well, I, I was mentioning to you before we started taping today that I had the opportunity early in my life to work with Kenneth E. Hagan, one of the most famous healing evangelists and yes. the history of all oh, that. I, oh my gosh. Just an amazing time in my life and saw, you know, healing miracles, people get up out of wheelchairs, all kinds of things that are just undeniable. And I think God definitely works in all kinds of miracles, whether they're financial, healing, physical, mental, but perhaps the greatest miracle of all is when we choose to love and choose to be a better person. So thank you, Pastor Tim, for being with us for a few minutes today to share about your book. It's a great book. I'll be going through it a third time and reaching back to your comeback book. That, you know, one more question. While yeah. I've got you, I may never speak to you in person again, but uh, you will. I, I thank you, bro. I mutual. I really love the quote. And I think it was in the Ed. I keep going back to the Ed Milet, but you said, then this is, I don't know, maybe it's just meaningful to me, but you said a comeback is not a go back. And I, dude, I don't know. I got, I got the Holy ghost right now saying that because that, that changed, right? Dude, yeah. that, that means so much to me personally. I don't know if it's been trying to recreate what I felt I lost. You can, can you just talk about that for just a minute before we close out today? Yeah, what shame and guilt tries to get you to do is go back and fix it. You know, you were not there for your kids. Go back and fix it. You messed up 12 years ago. Go back and fix it. You got a DUI, 
when you were 17, go back and fix it. You got pregnant at 16 out of wedlock, go back and fix it. That is the enemy's voice. A comeback is not a go back. So you got to be quick to ask for forgiveness, quick to forgive yourself. Okay. And then quick to go forward. Mm. You go forward with lessons learned. I'm a parent. I have two children. I don't want them to sit, settle, and cement themselves in the setback. I want them to go forward with lessons learned. So God has released all of you to go forward with lessons learned. Quit looking back here because a comeback is not a go back. Mm. Powerful stuff. The Miracle Mentality, Pastor Tim Story. Thanks so much, bro. Look forward to seeing you again. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me today on All the Best. If you like the show, be sure to share it out with your family and friends on your social media and drop me a line at john at johnchism.com. I would love to hear from you. I also want to invite you to jump over to my site right now to sign up for my free 31-day motivational email series. It's designed to help you go for all the best in life. If you're needing some real change, fresh motivation and inspiration, this could be just the thing to get you going. You can find it at johnchism.com and I'll see you next time.